Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so pleased to have with us Representative Chip Roy. Chip Congratulations. You did a masterful job in this process of helping America elect its next, well, helping Congress elect its its next Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. The things that you held out for, and gosh, you guys took a lot of heat from people who were either unaware of how this process works or who were just being mean-spirited. I mean, names like the Taliban 20 and all this business, but you held out, and you got a House of Representatives that is truly more open, and I would think that members of both parties should be happy with what you were able to accomplish. Well, well Bo, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, uh, it's not about me. It's about the, the entirety of the 20, and not just the 20, but every single American who for decades now have been trying to fight to figure out how to change the swamp. And that's what this is about. And, you know, frankly, a lot of our friends get sort of sucked into the swamp. But, you know, like I grew up, um, you know, a a child of listening to Rush, you know, when I was in college, 1990 to 1994. Those are sort of the early heydays. And like, you know, that was heading up to the contract with America. You know, Newt and I kind of got into it a little bit a couple of weeks ago. And and we've kind of come full circle about the point here was to try to change this town. And um, that's our job. It's to change the town and try to fight for the American people who sent us there to fight to change it. And I think we did some of that successfully. We've got a lot more work to do. It's now more open, more ability for members to be able to go in and fight to reduce spending and offer amendments and see bills and read bills and keep the bills to be single subject. But really importantly, to actually say we're going to try to limit spending, which was glaringly missing from the commitment to America, our need to come together and limit our insatiable, uncontrollable uh, penchant for spending money we don't have to fund the very bureaucrats we complain about. So I think we, we moved the ball down the field, but look, we're only a few yards down the field in positive direction, and we got to get to the end zone. Well, those few yards are important yards, uh, Representative Roy, because I don't believe most Americans even know or knew until they witnessed this, those that watch, that House members like yourself couldn't even vote on amendments. You couldn't even offer up amendments under the way the House was run before. In other words, the power of the House of Representatives, which is supposed to be the people's body, it was, and you did some great speech making to bring that point home. But they didn't even know that their own representatives who they send to Congress were basically powerless. They couldn't vote on things. They couldn't represent the people that sent them there. And to me, this is a big deal. Now, have you have you also heard from Democrats that actually say this is the right thing? Or are they just is it just such a partisan, uh, a toxic environment there that they won't even say, yeah, this benefited everybody? 
No, a little of both. I mean, look, obviously we have very partisan divides. I mean, you, you can offer amendments all day long, and at the end of the day, you believe, that, you know, you need to advance climate change, wokeism, massive spending, bureaucrat. You know, we're, gonna, we're not going to agree on that. But there was agreement, both verbally, publicly, as well as very much privately, from my some of my Democrat colleagues say, yeah, we, we do need to open this up a little bit. And and look, there's no panacea here. There's no absolute like it's a majoritarian body. The fact is we have a, a majority, a thin majority, and Republicans have got to recognize that we're in a more coalition style government. We got to figure out how we're going to congeal around a handful of very core messages that we can all agree to and then get busy fighting for those. But if you don't restore the House and be able to read bills, slow down, exercise your prerogatives, then you're never going to be able to check what happened, for example, in December when $1.7 trillion got spent in 4,100 pages, including, you know, some 7,500 earmarks totaling $16 billion with a massive amount of spending for Ukraine, with spending for uh, DHS that restricted the ability to secure the border and so forth. There are there are consequences to a broken system. And with all due respect to some of the, you know, old guard, the Bush guard, the the old sort of, you know, house guard that gave us this mess. Many of them are the, the are the ones complaining, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, Carl Rove, who I consider a friend and he lives you know, down the road here in Texas, was complaining in the editorial page of The Wall Street Journal today. Oh, these guys, you know, this was not a democratic process. They held it hostage. And Carl. We have the rights as individual members of the House to vote for whomever we want to for speaker. You want to come debate me anywhere you want, Carl, I'll debate you. But I'm not going to go back down the road of what we did from 2000 to 2008, with all due respect, spending a whole lot of money, taking a balanced budget, blowing the lid off of it, and hiding by def- behind defense to do it. We're going to try to get things done the right way, and that's what we're going to do now. There is panic in the establishment mouth organs of the Democrat Party and of the establishment rhino uh, coalitions around the debt ceiling. And what they're saying, number one, they're saying, they, if you read the articles, they believe that the American public is stupid. The issue is poorly understood by the public and is often falsely portrayed as the vote to spend more money when it's simply about paying the bills that the U.S. has already imposed. Well, it, this article goes on, and, it's, and they have been warning about this ever since you guys took to the floor to say, stop this nonsense. The Republicans, they say, are on a collision course with the White House over the debt ceiling. The White House wants the ability to just pay the bills, no conditions. And what do you want? What is it that the Republicans, especially members of the Freedom Caucus like yourself, what are you looking for? So to be very clear, In my view, when you have a debate about raising the debt ceiling, it ought to be one very simple question. Do you, the listener to this program, sitting in your car, driving home from work, or you're sitting in your office, or you're sitting at home, do you get to write endless checks to fund whatever you want in your life? The answer to that question is no. No. The question here is, right, and the question here is, Do we raise the debt ceiling indefinitely without using that moment to say, wait, we should actually put in restrictions on how we're spending money, limit our endless 
you know, funding of, of bureaucracy and actually hold the line to try to set us on a path to balance and responsibility for the good of our kids, grandkids and our overall economic health and well-being and to stop funding the bureaucratic state of woke weaponized government. Do you, you know, I think that's what we ought to do. So if you ask me what my ask is, Congressman Chip Roy, one 435th of one half of one third of the government, my ask is that we should cap spending at a reasonable level. I think it's 2022 levels. I think we should fund defense appropriately. I think we should limit non-defense spending down to 2019 pre-pandemic explosion levels. I think we ought to start there and then have a serious conversation about how we balance the budget over 10 years, adopt those kind of, uh, you know, policy, uh, uh, you know, restrictions, and then attach that to the conversation about raising the debt ceiling. That's not crazy. That's not playing Russian roulette with debt. You know what playing Russian roulette with our debt is? Continuing to borrow money without a plan to stop borrowing money. And so we're not going to just go say, oh, sure, because you guys are going to go around screaming default, that we're not going to say, wait, we've got a job to do. And before we raise the debt ceiling, we ought to actually change the way we're doing things. By the way, we're not going to default. That's all a bunch of uh, fear mongering and fear tactics. We're going to figure out a way to do this. We can pass a bill to prioritize debt. That was a part of our agreement as well. We're, we're four or five months out. Let's just go do our job. Stop fear mongering and do our job. That's what we're saying. As for fear mongering, the president of these United States of America used his speech at the National Action Network. That would be Al Sharpton's group on Martin Luther King Day to say that Republicans, and he's speaking of people like you, I have no doubt, Representative Roy, he said Republicans are fiscally demented. You talk of, you're going to talk about big spending Democrats again. Bob, guess what? I reduced the deficit last year, $350 million. These guys, they're fiscally demented. They don't quite get it. And the crowd laughs. Would you care to address from the, I guess, the seat of being demented, according to the president, what what it is that you want here in terms of fiscally to happen with the United States? Yeah, I mean, look, this is not, in my opinion, complicated. Um, and, and a side note, I went to the floor of the House last week before we left town, and I gave a floor speech in which I challenged or asked or, you know, begged, frankly, any of my Democratic colleagues to come down to the floor of the House and engage with me on what they would choose to do to reduce our deficit spending and stop our complete bleeding and racking up of debt. Now, no doubt they would come down and say, you got to raise taxes. Okay, come on down and talk about raising taxes. I'll listen to you and I'll walk you through how that'll harm economic growth and how no matter how many you tax, you're not going to be able to tax enough to offset our current deficit spending. But fine, let's come talk about it. But are you going to talk at all about what we need to do to deal with the almost, I don't know, two-thirds or something of our overall spending that is now mandatory spending are, and how we're going to handle that? Are you going to come talk about the fact that interest rates now, as they go up, that now interest is going to be spending more than we're spending on our national defense? That for every half a percentage point of increased interest expense or interest rates, you end up with another $100 billion a year in interest expense? Like, like, that's what we're dealing with. This is cataclysmic. You cannot attack 
the the uh, the the challenge we're going to have from China, the national security threat that is China. If you're not dealing at the same time with the twin threat of deficit spending that results in thirty two trillion dollars of debt and climbing, because at the end of the day, we cannot stop the bureaucratic state from infringing on our freedoms and be able to create economic wealth through prosperity and through that capitalistic engine in our society. If we don't stop writing blank checks to the bureaucrats who are undermining us, we're going to be in a death spiral. So we save our country by getting government out of the way, by stopping spending money we don't have, by getting serious about reforming what we need to do for our long-term health. And that's what we're asking for. And the president refuses to have the conversation. And frankly, There's a decent number of Republicans in the swamp who don't want to have that conversation either because it's hard. Got it. Well, that's the time that we have Representative Chip Roy. I would love to, and I'm going to ask you about this. I want to spend about an hour with you. One, I know you're so busy. I want to do a podcast with you where we can explain this stuff in depth. I want to hear the Newt Gingrich story because I was furious at Newt Gingrich for his Gingrich for his attacks on these 20. I mean, he would have been one of the ones back in the day that was leading the charge. I was furious listening to Carl Rove, who I consider a friend, talk about this. I was furious listening to the way you guys were being attacked but thank goodness you prevailed and to me chip roy i know for me who comes out the real leader of the republican party in the house right now and my friend in my book the leader is you and i appreciate everything you guys like andy biggs i appreciate the things that all of you did and the heat that you took to get us this far Well, you're too kind. I'm happy to do a podcast with you. I'll make sure my team knows. Let's lock that down and do it. Happy to do it. Look, Newt's a friend. Carl's a friend. Uh, Look, politics is rough and tumble. We go through it, and then you come out, and then you start fighting again. But if anybody wants to relitigate this, I'll happy to debate them anywhere. I'll debate Carl. I'll debate Newt. I'll debate anybody anywhere about what we did to try to fight to save this country. Now we're going to move forward. Everybody else can be looking backward. We're going to go forward and figure out what we need to do to limit spending, free up American people from the bureaucrats that are undermining us, end wokenized, wasteful government, and let's actually go get this country moving forward. We can do it. The people want it. They're begging for it. And that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Representative Chip Roy. We appreciate you. God bless. WABC Talk Radio 77, Snurly with you here. We are coming back. Your calls when we get back. Don't go away. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.